You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up on the Orange is the New Black podcast, we're going to talk about the Jaguars recap game from Thursday Night Football, and then we're going to take a look at the Green Bay Packers game. Stay tuned. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it had a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> I never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. How's everybody doing this evening? I hope everybody's had a very productive, I don't even know what day it is, because I'm still catching up from last week. Wednesday. Still trying to, oh, it, it, today's Wednesday. Thank you for that, Ace. And um, still catching up from all the stuff from last week. Just a crazy I, I had a crazy week uh, coming out of it and just an amazing Thursday night. Really happy that everybody came out. Ace, how are you feeling this evening? I'm feeling the same, bro. I luckily got the recharge for the past couple of days. I know that you had to go out of the country um, after, like, straight from literally the day after the game. I had to drop you off at the airport. Like, Ace <laughs> took me to the airport. And you know what's so crazy? It's so I'm so glad you took me there at that time because I was there an hour filling out paperwork that I hadn't filled out. Oh, so, that's good. So if, if I didn't get there that early, I would have missed my whole flight. Nah, it was written, bro. It was written, <laughs> like you said, the Jags dub. And it was written that we just had to drop you off at that time so you can make it. But – I've been doing good, bro. I've just been like relaxing and, and getting back into the swing of things. I know a lot of people are like, you haven't posted much. I posted the vlog and I've been working on some of the other videos. And shout out to our man, Elliot Xavier. He put some crazy work out there uh, for us. So definitely shouts out to him. But the whole experience, bro, like even just rewatching the videos, it was just so much going on. 
throughout that whole span, like everything from Midwest. Shout out to them, Midwest Best yeah. Barbecue. Shout Appreciate out to us being able to come. Oh my God, God, that food was so good. That food Man, is... the food was super good. <laughs> the food was super good. I'm not going to lie. The only regret I had was that we didn't get more footage of food. And we couldn't really do that because, you know, we were eating and stuff at that time. But that right. food, those brisket fries, the Zim and Ace basket, oh. bro. Just to put everybody up on it, I don't know if y'all follow me on Twitter, but. I started a seven day uh, juice cleanse like uh, a day ago. I'm on I'm on day two, going to day three tomorrow, and I'm a dude that eats a lot of food. So me thinking about that Midwest, I'm just like, oh my god, it gives me like a, it like it makes me feel lightheaded or something. Nah, so the juice cleanse is good, good, good products, good stuff, whatever. But you know, it ain't nothing like no real, you know, some real eating. So if you are in the Ohio area, please make sure y'all check out. My man Tim and his wife Nicole, they got a, a a really, really, really good spot. I thought we had a really, really good show. I don't know if you guys saw it. We had Kevin Huber just pop up and uh came on the show. We also did a call with Jeff Hobson, also did a call with my boy Mike Daniels. Um uh we we weren't really, really set up beforehand. So I think people were telling us that they had it was some audio issues and different things like that. But I think for the people that were there, like it was loud and clear, and you know, yeah, the, 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 and the event was a, that was a success. So I'm really, really happy that we we actually got to do that, you know, because I know we have been talking about that for a while, and yeah. and a lot of times, you know, people talk about different events or different things that they're going to do, and then it doesn't, you know, never comes to fruition. So I was really, really excited. Like while we were there, like I was just like, man, we really made it happen. People are there. And I mean, we gave out prizes galore, like coupons, uh, a whole lot of orange lot shirts. Of like, shirt. <laughs> uh, we, game. yeah. So it, it was lit, and and I and I hope we can run that back. Nah, definitely. Shout out to those folks at Midwest Best Barbecue. Shout out to all of the fans that came out. We truly appreciate y'all. Like, as soon as we pulled up, y'all were waiting on us. So we truly appreciated that. Uh, but let's get into the game, like. The actual game itself, because we were watching the game. We were sitting there watching it. We had Joe Goodberry in front of us, uh, Jake Lisko from Locked On. Uh, we had Malik was sitting next to me. What were just your thoughts on the game? Uh, shout out to my man Blake. My man Blake. Oh, Jules. Blake as well. Blake Jules, and, yeah. and Kamish Quintana. Kamish, yeah, yes. Yaz was in the building. That's my dog. She looked out for me. I don't know if y'all saw me. I was on the sideline. And that was all because of my baby sis, Yaz. Like, she made it happen. I, I, long story short, but I, it was on the sideline, and that was something I had never done. But in my mind, I always dreamed about it. Or I, I might uh, tell my wife that a couple times. Like, you know, like, one day, you know, like, I'm going to always be on it. And, me, and when I think I first met Ace, Mm-hmm. I said, man, we need to get credentials so we can get on the side. So, like, I was, so I went, I'm like there and I'm walking on the sidelines. I'm, I'm saying, what's up to the, the players? Fred had, my, if you guys watch the show, we interviewed Fred Johnson. I think I saw Chris Evans. It, it was kind of like a blur because everything was moving so fast. So fast. It was. But I mean, I was standing next to Tyler Boy's mom and I remember uh, Tyler Boy came over, like a couple people, and I'm just like, dang, like this is really happening. So that was really, really crazy. We go to the game. We're in the stands. I mean, I got the confetti. We're, we're, you know, like the energy is there. I think people are like, man, is he really like that in real life? So, man, the, I'm going to tell you, the guys that were sitting behind me, shout out to the Jazz guys that were sitting behind me. 
Because honestly, there's a lot of people that probably would have seen all of those orange jerseys and said, man, I don't know. We should sit right here. So, so they sat there and everything like that. But it's I only bring that up because I told the guy when we had the fourth down stop, I said, that was big. That was major. Because if they would have went up 21 nothing, I don't think that the, I, it's possible. But it would have been like a crazy circumstance where you'd be talking about the Bengals getting an onside kick or, right. you know, like something crazy. So that stop was really big. I'm going to tell you the other thing, and we could go over some things in the game. Um, but the fourth and four, when they punted it back to us, I looked at the Jazz guy behind me and I said, that's it. You know, like, and I said, one day, and I told the guy, this, I said, one day you'll know that's it when you when Trevor, when Trevor Lawrence gets a better team around him and everything's like really, really in place, maybe even a new coach uh, finding out some of the stuff that's happening with him. But when you got it and you know, you know, it's like I prayed for these nights to have like um, this guy, Joe Burrow. I never knew it would be Joe Burrow, you know, but when you got it and you know you got it, it's it's, it's so fun. And when they punted the ball to us on that fourth and four, I looked at him, I said, that's it. That's your, that's all you got. And see, we, we were on the opposite of that for the last nine years where we were the team punting it. You're right. And, and, and we were, and I was sitting there, everybody's at home like, uh, I wonder if they're going to pull it out. Or it might go the other way where they punted to us and you knew you weren't going to win. So it, I thought that was like the one – my biggest memory from that game was the feeling that I had when the game wasn't even over. I felt the same way when Justin Fields broke the tackle on the 39 because I went back right. and watched that play the other day. Had they kicked the ball back to us, it's a dub. It's a dub. It's and an easy dub. I go watch condensed versions of like games like Chiefs a lot. I watch, I watch the Packers a lot. And a lot of their games and fans, and we said this on the show last week, a lot of the games look like that, where you just have to get your guy back the ball one more time, and he goes and wins it. So fans that think that we're just supposed to go out there and just blow teams out the water, like the, the Cardinals might go to the Super Bowl. They, the Jaguars gave the Cardinals the week right before. A run for their money. A Nobody run for their talked money. about it. Right. So I was like – Ain't no scrubs. Ain't no scrubs in the National Football League. If you don't come and bring your A game, them dudes get paid a lot of money. They're going to come with it. So I just I just thought that that was, like, my favorite moment is, like, knowing when they punted the ball. Like, I didn't have – like, you know me. I'm super, you know, I, I'm going to be optimistic anyway. But, right, man, I, I looked at everybody and said, this is it, guys. Like, that's the game. We won, you know. And, so, remember, I think we had – I think we had tied it up. And you had thrown the confetti on, I think, the touchdown before that. Right. And then I was like, hold it, because you're going to need it for the game. And it was just an amazing I was going to throw all of it. I was going to throw all of it. He was going to throw it all back out there. Uh, But it was an amazing game, like you said. Like, to be able to just attend that game with all the different personalities and everybody bringing – you know, there's certain aspect to that experience, right? It just was organic for real. Like watching Joe Goodberry get upset on the, the second and like 19 run. And, uh, he, he, you know, he's always like on Twitter, he's always like, go for it. And to see him in real life, like, see him in real life, like go, go for it. <laughs> and I be, you know, sometimes he says, and I'd be like, no, you shouldn't go for it, Joe. But to see him like that on every fourth down is just like, and he really is really with it. He really right. like, Nah, he was he was definitely with it. Like the first, 
the first half, I will say, like, it was really impressive to me what Trevor Lawrence kind of did with, like, that read option. And and you could tell that he was kind of coming into his own, getting kind of comfortable selling them down, similar to what we saw with Joe Burrow. Although Joe Burrow kind of did it at an accelerated pace, you still saw, like, okay, Trevor is coming to play today. He's not going to give us the three interceptions. It's not, not going to be that. But low-key, Joey B was on point in the first half. We just weren't really converting too much. He still threw for almost 100 yards in the first half. Um, and then we get into the second half. And, and the one thing is a lot of people talked about the play calling. That's cool. I was I was happy for him, for Zach to be aggressive as far as the pass. I just didn't agree with the way that he kind of set up the pass. Like, if you're not going to run when he was running, like, the play action and stuff, that was the only thing that I kind of had. A disagreement with because it was like if you're not gonna run they're not gonna gonna go for those play actions right um and then like like we talked about the second and 19 run but they come out in the next half and they're just on fire like we already i don't know if you score every score every drive you've seen the mic'd up right with joey b and he was like this is some bs like it's time to take over it it was like it's time to take over that was literally what happened in the second half. I mean, Tyler Boyd had a great first half, continued that momentum in the second half. They started to go to chase. CJ Uzoma in this game, though, like, bruh, he, like, completely took over in that second half. It was crazy. But the energy at the game, like, us making sure that we just kept the jungle going, especially on defense, even when the Jags were, like, gashing us for yardage, we still were going hard on every third down. And the right. city was just rocking. So the the whole way that that game played out just left us with so much joy because it's like this is one of the games that we would have lost last year. We would have right. found a way to lose this game. And I think that it's a big step forward for this team as far as showing the moxie to be able to get a game out there. I scored every single um, drive um, in that second half. I posted the uh, the mic'd up. So if you guys get a chance – you can go on my Instagram, Zim underscore Hude or Zim Hude on Twitter. I posted the full entirety. I mean, there's some key moments in there. And it, it's just so crazy. When I Like, I don't want to be long-winded, but, like, before he even came there, I used to tell you, I'm like, man, I'm watching his interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's like, he's like, you know, like one of one of the guys, like he's one of us. And to see like the mic'd up, he's just like, yeah, put the ball in my hands. Then the Jazz score. My favorite part is the Jazz score. And he's like, yeah, well, let's go do it again. Let's do it again. Let's go do it again. You know, and I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, Facts. man, we about to have some fun. And, I, and that was my whole thing this whole year. Even the Bears game, right. it was ugly at first, you know, but it, it could have, it got fun. What's up, Cody? My man Cody in here. What's up, bro? Shout out to Greg Luther. Shout out to Greg. Greg got a lifetime membership over in Midwest at this point because he we did trivia uh, live at Midwest and Greg answered like ten questions. Then he took the mic and answered it. Do you remember when Greg went and uh, did his own question? Yeah, yeah. So so Greg got all the coupons and everything like that. But um, at the game too, um, yeah, like Joe doing all those things, it just made me feel really, really good about the situation. But I think afterwards too. Uh, some of my favorite highlights um, that it, our boy Xavier sent us to. If you guys don't know, there's a link. I put it on my story on Instagram and on Twitter. There's probably so many pictures of all of you guys in there. So make sure y'all check it out. It doesn't cost no money or anything like that. It's a big Hootay photo gallery. We have the tailgate, all of that. It's wow. like probably a thousand pictures in there. So if you're looking for a picture of yourself, a professional picture of yourself, 
or video at the game, um, open that up. But afterwards, you know, like I immediately started seeing people and I'm like, man, we're going to playoffs, you know, like because I, you know, it, to be three and one, I don't know what history says, but right. to be three and one, you got to mess up a lot to like not get in now that we got 17s in this bad boy and you got an extra game. And Joey B is that number one rated. He's the FedEx player of the week. He is the AFC, you know, he's the offense. He was um, given the um, the AFC offensive player, of the, player of the week. So, yeah. you know, he's on fire right now. This is the stretch that we were talking about last year where he was in that, that stretch with the Titans that was leading up into that, to the uh, Washington football team game. But he's on fire right now. And when you got a guy on fire like that, honestly, it really doesn't matter who's out there. He's going to make sure the right guy gets it. He goes to the press conference yesterday. He says, um, you know, like now I got the whole playbook in the back of my head. I got right. the whole thing. And um, his famous quote is, uh, oh, yeah, you can't zero me. You know, and I feel and, like uh, and I feel <laughs> like somebody wrote that in my comments. They was like, man, I'm going to start using it. And I feel like Bengals fans just start saying that. It's like. You know, y- y'all can't zero us. Like, you can't try to blitz us on, on some media stuff and try to make us seem like we're lesser than you. Like, you can't zero us. Like, we, yeah. our talent is our talent. We know that we've been had so many players run through this thing. Uh, best wide receivers some, that the league has ever seen. Like, some, some of the best offensive linemen the league has ever seen, you know. So, don't try to zero us. And I just thought it was so many good things. So, we, we turn up afterwards. I'm shaking everybody's hands because in my mind, I'm a complete psychopath and I feel like I'm a coach. So I'm like saying, everybody, y'all had a good game, man. Play Because I feel like the fans were really important in that. So, you know, yeah, it's like, facts. and that's the energy. Everybody got to bring that, you know, to the game. So I'm shaking hands like you played your ass off, son. He plays your, everybody. At first, it was looking at me like, what? And then after a while, it's like, you know what? I did play my ass off. I'm like, yeah, you yeah. were in there. You were turned. I seen you. Then what's, then, what's then, up, Aquila the Great, in the comment section? Go ahead, Zim. And then after that, you know, I also told you, I said, hey, look, when we go to town, you know who we're going to be with. Yes, sir. You know, so I don't know if y'all peeped that. So we hanging with the guys. We're just trying to build some relationships and, like, build some stuff because uh, we don't really get too much help behind the scenes, just to put that out there. So we're kind of relying on the players to kind of get us um, – get us maybe catapulted to a different level. So I thought it was good that we had a chance to interact and hang out with some of our favorite players after the game too. Nah, that was like, that was the craziest, like every chain of events. And like you said, <laughs> the Midwest best barbecue event, Kevin Huber just popping up on us, like us not knowing that he was going to be there. Uh, the game, everything, the energy from the game and how that all went. And then to end it with like, you know, Tyler Boyd dapping him up. He comes in. He's like, what up, Zim? Daps you up. I do the levels thing. He like, hey, like it was it was dope. And then Chase walks in, right? Like chasing up. The the thing that stuck out the most to me with that is that that it was the entire receiving core that ended up coming into even Trent. Yeah, <laughs> even Trent Irwin with the bucket hat on. Swagged out, he was in like let me tell you, we were in a place that a lot of people probably wouldn't go. Yeah. I'll just put that out there. Like a lot of people probably wouldn't go, but Trent Irwin was in there. Yeah, Irwin was he with was it. with it. He was the only he was the only white guy in there, but he was in there. 
and he was very comfortable. But I think, like, but I mean, all the tape, I didn't say Puka was the entire everybody. Puka was like, yeah, and Puka. I, I th- and I think that's one thing that Quentin Spain was telling us is that everybody, all the position groups, are trying to hang out a lot more. And you know, it could like I, I think some people were a little critical when I when they were like messaging me and saying like, what are they doing? And, you know, like whatever. But I I feel like some things about this 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 Bengals unit that people are going to find out throughout the years is not going to be super traditional because of the background of a lot of these guys that coming from areas that you probably don't understand. So their idea of bonding might be going out. Your idea of bonding might be going playing bowling or something like that. But as long as everybody's unified in that effort, then I think it's all the same to me because I come from that. Like, you know, I just, you know, I ain't start doing other stuff till I went to like college. Like when I was younger, it was, it was club, on a in the hood, like down the street, you know, like it was that. So, so, so a lot of these guys are strong-minded, smart individuals, but you know, they're gonna hang out the way that they want to hang out, not how you want to hang out. But I know some people were kind of like, "What well, they doing?" It. And that's the only reason why I even said that. But mm-hmm. I thought everybody was, um, they were really cool, man. I, I, I just think that, um, for the most part, I was really impressed. Like you said, the whole, um, the whole wide receiver core was there. Yeah, because uh, that just showed like there's somebody said that there's like no egos, like there's no egos on this team and everybody. So, yeah, Trent Irwin is coming out and turning up with us. Like we're not leaving Trent Irwin behind. What, what you think about saying Uno like just like like I seen like I didn't take men when I said I was on the sideline. Right. Yeah. I didn't take in pads is a large individual. Right. Right. But Jamar Chase in person. Yeah. T. Higgins is, is tall, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I know y'all probably seen the pictures of us in all these instances, but Jamar Chase's demeanor and like just his like his back, yeah. it's just like <laughs> like that's not somebody like that's ever probably had a problem with no fights or anything like that. Like he looked yeah. like a straight up enforcer. I know he's not the tallest or the biggest, mm-hmm. But like something about the structure of like his back and everything like that is just like way bigger than everybody. So yeah. I'm just thinking as I'm seeing That's him, like when, go like, when I seen him in person, I'm like, yeah, like nobody wants to tackle him. If you notice, every time he gets the ball, like, and it's not a deep route, he'll mm-hmm. get it and he'll be trying to do that P dub step where he like backs up because he right. knows if he gets a little bit of space, you can't bring like he's. You can't bro, bring him down, bro. He like he he got like Saquon. He has like a Saquon Barkley back, a Saquon <laughs> Barkley like leg, like everything about him is kind of weird. Because seeing him on TV or whatever, or seeing uh, interviews, you you can't really see this stuff. You that can't I'm really see about. that, right? You know. And then I saw Tyler Boyd. Not to say that he's small, but mm-hmm. to to see his body structure and some of the hits that he takes over the middle, he's very different. Like he's right. not a big big. Crazy. Now he, mind you, he's around a bunch of six two T Higgins type audited big guys, but right. he's not somebody that's like big in stature. He looked mm-hmm. like a rapper, you know, like with chains on and just cool, chilling. Right. Right. I've seen him in person before, but to see what he does in a game to go eleven targets, nine catches, eight of those over the middle against the, yeah. you know, like that's 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 not an easy task, bro. Right. Nah, I'm with you. I think, like you said. All of them, for the most part, Jamar definitely did stick out. And I think just like the conversations that we had with him, he was just a confident, confident dude, not cocky or anything like that. But 
he still was about business. It wasn't like like how the lady in the media tried to portray it. I think she tried to misquote him and say, I, I want to break every record, like worry about your team winning. It wasn't like that when we ran into him. He just was a solid dude, was was ready to get the next W. He, he I'm going to tell you out of him, he's the fine medium between Ocho Cinco and AJ Green. It's like they got together and just, it just said, you know what I mean? Because he'll dance for you and he, he'll go gritty on you if he if it's time to celebrate. He, he'll give you a couple of little things, but he's never going to get on, on a on a camera, or at least I don't think he's on the film. I mean, on the field and says like, oh, yeah, like I'm always open and talking trash. I don't even think – he doesn't even look like somebody that talks to anybody on the field, kind of like how A.J. Green is, like super quiet. But if you ask him questions, he'll give you a truthful answer. Right. And, the, and that truthful answer might have a lot of a lot of confidence behind it, and that's what I love about him. Him and Joe Burrow are a lot of like – like Joe – I think Joe Burrow probably talks more than Jamar. Seeing Jamar in person, like, remember how he was? He wasn't really talking that much in there. Right. Like, he's not somebody that's about to be talking a lot. Right. Um, even when I was talking to him, you know, like, I, I had talked to him briefly or whatever before, but, it, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, whatever. But th- this time, I, I just was kind of being able to observe how people are interacting and stuff. But mm-hmm. he definitely is, like, the dude, like, not to mess with. He, he's, he's, like, the leader of the pack as a rookie. Like you could just tell, and T T is just so genuine and so cool of a person that he he just reminds me of like doesn't he seem like he's just the cousin or the or the or the friend that everybody like that he just he yeah, was the most he was he, he was the most popular in high school he right. he he, he might have won best dress all these different things like that but like T is just like the the guy that everybody likes everybody in the world isn't gonna like Jamar because he's gonna be really really honest and he's going to be really really brash with the comments like you alluded to by mm-hmm. saying like hey i'm gonna break every single record everybody's not going like that see mm-hmm. t higgins probably would never ever say something like that even though t higgins is going to break a lot of records so i just thought it was so crazy like how how they are off the field is ex- they actually you know uh mirror that on the field nah yeah that was that was the dopest part about it and you know, just them engaging with us. Because I've been some places, like, some football players won't engage with people, but, like, they were turned up with the city, locked in. Um, that, and that was what really stuck out the most to me in that situation, for sure. But like you said, at the same time, that did have, like, a parallel to them on the right. field. Yeah, nobody, but, nobody's messing with – I'm telling y'all this in person, nobody's messing with Uno in real life. <laughs> and I think that translates to the field. I think you're going to see, like, some jerks where he gets, like, a 10, 15 yard and just going to be like, get off me and just take it to the house. Right. Like, he just he, – he just looks like that. Nah, he does. And transitioning to the next topic of the Packers, that was something that we kind of talked about with C. Higgins was – you know, the Migos versus the Packers and and Burrow versus versus Rodgers next week. So coming into that game, we kind of talked about it a little bit on Twitter yesterday. We talked about Jair Alexander possibly being out of that game, Zadarius Smith possibly being out. I think I also heard Kevin King potentially may be out. Uh, for the Bengals, though, we were at the game. We did see Mixon sustain that, that injury. I believe it's an ankle injury, a sprained ankle or something like that. He's currently day-to-day, I believe. Um, but I think the expectation from majority of Bengals fans, we don't have this confirmed, we're kind of expecting him to miss this game. I think that personally for me, 
there is no better time to play the Packers other than right now. With uh, Jair Alexander down, with the Cesarius Smith missing, those are like, honestly. And Preston. Preston's out, too. Preston, too. Like, those are their best players on defense. That's King is still out, too. Yeah, King as well. So, like, coming off of a performance like Joe Burrow just had, like we talked about earlier, AFC Offensive Player of the Week, he could redo that. Like, don't forget, like, the Packers week one, some I forget which team it was, but they took off on them. It wasn't even close to Saints, right? Wasn't it um, Jameis Winston and the Saints took off on them? Mm-hmm. There's plenty of opportunity for the Bengals offensively to take full advantage of these guys, and I don't think they have anybody to guard the Migos. Like, that's probably, like, I don't know if it came up when we were talking to T, but that's what I was thinking in my head. Like, they don't have three legit corners. Like, any time that this Bengals team steps out, you're going to have a legitimate quarterback, a legitimate running back, and you're going to have three legitimate receivers. Now, obviously, with Joe Mixon out of this game, I think that that spells more of our guy, Chris Evans. This is the perfect opportunity, I think, for him to get involved. Obviously, they're probably going to start off with uh, P. Ron, Samaje P. Ron as kind of the big back, but I think that this fully opens the whole clip for the Bengals passing game in terms of getting Chris Evans involved and utilizing C.J. Uzoma. I mean, he had his big coming out game last week. The other week, week one, he has the fourth down clutch catch to set up, not the fourth down, but the overtime clutch catch to set up the win. I think it was on fourth down. My bad. Yeah, it was on fourth Mm -hmm. down to set up the W. He's a wrinkle in this offense, and I think that the Bengals are being able to use different kind of weapons against this team. And I think Chris Evans – Similar to a guy that the Browns actually have felt in the running back, I think the Bengals could kind of use Chris Evans like that, uh, more so an asset in the passing game. And I think that they have a legit chance to beat this team. Like a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's Aaron Rodgers. And and that's very true. Aaron Rodgers has been a top quarterback in this league for quite some time. But I think Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers are going to potentially cancel each other out. And I think Joey B has the better uh, weapons and I think that there are more issues on that Packers defense than a lot of the talk, stuff talk, we're probably going to talk about. Talk about Packers offensive line too. So Packers a lot of offensive line is so, having issues as well. So they're on their third left tackle because uh, Bakari is out, and then they had another injury. So they're on their third left tackle. They're starting a they're starting a rookie center, and they got another uh, guy that's kind of hobbled. I said that Preston Smith was injured. He did come out of that Steelers game with a questionable return with a shoulder injury. So mm-hmm. somebody, I don't know if it's showing up on the injury report today, mm-hmm. but he was right after that saying that he was hurt as well. So I, I, I he could play or not, I, I'm whatever. But right. the Packers, for people saying that, well, Aaron Rodgers is that dude and stuff like that. I, if if Hendrickson is putting pressure on like how he's been, and and we get other guys to step up and put more pressure on him, their offensive line is not in good shape. So this is what I was telling people before the season. It's like this, this, this thing in people's mind about like, oh, we got to have the best offensive line in the world. The best quarterbacks in the NFL don't have the best, don't have the best offensive lines in the world. The best quarterbacks in the NFL make their average offensive lines look way better than what they really are. Last week, most of our offensive line graded very, very low in, in, in the Jazz game. Joey B was sacked one time. So people were like, well, how did they whatever? Because Joey B manipulates the pocket like no other. And 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 um 
uh, what's his name? Uh, God damn, um, Carmen is having trouble like holding on to his blocks like weekly. Mm -hmm. He graded out at a twenty nine. Right. I do remember Carmen having a really big block on uh on the fourth down play pancake the guy. I, I, I think that's the one that set up the Uzama one. It, it wasn't a fourth down. I think it was a third down one on the zero blitz. But right. uh, but aside from that though, my one thing I want to say, I want to interrupt you real quick. Did you mm -hmm. see what happened with Jackson Carmen did before the game started? Mm -hmm. He was the first person that walked out in the of the players. And then he immediately looked at the crowd and was like, turn up. He was like. Somebody told me that Prince did a somersault. Did you see that? I didn't see it. Nah, that, that Isaiah Prince at 300 pounds did a somersault when he came out to the field. Nah, that's lit. If that in, happened, then that's In the lit. comments, y'all got to tell me, is that true? Like, <laughs> like three people told me that, though. Um, but sure. but that, but Jackson Carmen in our office line and different things, like he's evolving. He's getting better. Different things like that. I feel like our offensive line is way better than with their offensive line without without Bakari. So that's what I that that was one of the things that I preached. All, all it's up to these quarterbacks, like the elite ones, mm -hmm. to elevate everybody's game around them. So you don't have to search for the greatest offensive line, a la Baker Mayfield. He's still throwing nine picks with the very best offensive line in football, right? That's what happens when you keep on blocking for guys that don't that aren't elite on that level. And that's not to say that Baker Mayfield isn't a is a legit quarterback. I think there is a world that he could win a Super Bowl in, but everything mm -hmm. has to go right. Whereas Joe, he's going to make a lot of things look better. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a, a bigger hill to climb in that regard. Come on on this upcoming Sunday. No, that's facts. I got a super chat here from DJ Mister. He says, "Sorry, I couldn't meet y'all last week, but the Packers just signed Jalen Smith. Um, does he play this week? Also, if Joe Mixon doesn't play, how do you think we will hold against Kenny Clark and company? Jalen Smith, honestly, I'm going to just keep it a buck. I'm not worried about Jalen Smith. Like the way that Tyler Boyd and CJ Uzoma just ate up a, a linebacking core that consisted of Miles Jack, who I think is miles better than Jalen Smith, I'm not really worried about that. And I doubt that if he does play with him being a linebacker, you know, most of the times, depending on if he's an inside linebacker or outside, I don't know I don't know which position that they're going to play him at. But if he's the Mike, he definitely isn't playing this week. He'd have to know all of the calls and everything like that. But I would imagine him getting in there, but I don't think that he's going to be a huge difference maker, um, especially when you talk about in coverage against this team. I'm expecting us to come out throwing a lot. So, uh, would he step up in coverage? I don't really see that personally. Zim, do you have any opinions on Jalen Smith and what he would bring to the Green Bay defense? I think at the very least, if somebody asks me, do you, do you think the Bengals should, you know, go after Jalen Smith? And I told them I didn't think so because the linebacker, uh, were they're playing really well. But if you use Jalen Smith as just a stand-up edge, like in a 3-4 like ours or something like that, he could be super effective, and he's a great person to target uh, to to shadow a quarterback with. If you go up against like a Lamar or something like that, right? Right. So, as far as the impact goes, like probably week one, if he were able to play, I don't even know if that's even possible. Like, you can get a COVID test and do all these different things and whatever, and be ready to go. So, I don't know. But I just think like they wouldn't give him linebacker responsibilities, but they might use him like how I'm saying. Like, uh, maybe he gets 12 different uh, pass rush uh, looks. Maybe he has, like, three or four snaps where he's, like, you know, uh, 
playing like in their pure base. But I, I just can't see a world that he comes in and they're giving him responsibilities. You know, yeah, not, so, not on a short turnaround like this. Like so, he so, just got signed today on Wednesday and we're playing Sunday. Right. So 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 if you don't have responsibilities like that, what could you really do besides just go get the quarterback? So so that's how I, I feel like he could impact the game. It's like and, and he's very capable of doing that. He could come in on third downs and just rush the passer. Nah, that's real. Um, Joe Mixon doesn't play. Kenny Clark and company. I think they'll still be solid. I think, like Zim said earlier, um, the offensive line is, is definitely, in my opinion, way better than last year. I mean, oh, yeah. we, talk, we talked about Cleveland. No, we don't have the personnel that they have. I'm not saying that we're on the same caliber, but they've given up the same number of sacks this season. I mean, they just right. gave up three to the Vikings last week. Right. Um, so I think that that's and that's, the, and that's the best answer. and that's the best offensive line in football. It is. A lot it of is. sacks don't go on your quarterback themselves. Like it, I didn't see those sacks. So one thing I'd be looking is is Baker getting the ball? Is he getting rid of the ball? You know, like where he should. Because even mm-hmm. even the Joe Burrow sack on Jaguars, man, every time Joe snaps, I go one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi, pop. <laughs> and 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 if the ball doesn't, I say that in my head because I'm just weird. Um, but every time he does that, and it and the ball doesn't come out, I then start looking like, okay, that's on you, Joe. Like, 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 that's how I look at all of his dropbacks because I know they don't feel confident, and a lot of teams don't feel that confident right. in calling big stuff, big, long developing double route moves on third down. Like, the line is not there yet. Like, they're they're good enough to to be good enough, you know, first through, you know, first second down and run plays and and block on third down. But to have long developing plays on third down, I just think that it takes a little bit of time. And usually you start saying that from groups that have been together for years and stuff. So Steelers for years were able to call anything. They'll throw the whole kitchen sink at you because the, the line has so much uniformity. Uh, everybody's like so cohesive with their unit and they're built like that. And they had one of the best office lines. Flash forward to now, Ben's getting the ball out quick. You'd be right. stupid to try to like, you know, do anything different. Right, nah, facts. My man Aquila the Great said that his dad took him to the Bengals game for the first time. He bought a Chase jersey and cried when the Bengals came back to win. Great night. Um, and then my man Kyle McIntosh, appreciate you, bro. First off, who day, all day, every day, especially on Sunday. Appreciate that, bro. F the squealers, crap stains, and the sh- birds. I'm very optimistic going into Sunday. How do you think our D will perform, honestly? And I think their first true test. For me, it comes down to um, Ricardo Allen coming back today, right? I'm hoping that he's going to be back in time to suit up if Jesse Bates is not ready. The Jesse Bates thing, I think, is the biggest part of uh, this whole puzzle, right? Because I think he, he plays. I he, think that they're going to play, though, like you said. I think that – and if they don't, I feel way more confident in a guy like Ricardo I Allen. Know. I said that a lot last week. Like, man, not man. that not that it reduces Jesse Bates, but Ricardo Allen is a starting-level safety. That's what he did in Atlanta, right? Like, right. we already knew what he would be in comparison to Brandon Wilson. Right. But I think that they will stand up, like you said, because at the end of the day, the trenches are what matters. And I think, like you said, Trey Hendrickson, the way that they're playing DJ Reader, they didn't get after it too much. <sighs> in the Jags game, but I think that they get back um, to that pace that they were on in this game. This is one thing. I'm going to be very big on this. If I'm going to be critical on Zach, like in games, and I go to Twitter and I'll be like, what are you calling, Zach? 
I got to show them, I got to be fair on the other regard because I don't think any other outlet is going to do that. None of the other Bengals saying, they're not going to point out probably one thing that I know. Me talking to players this past week, they really, really love the fact that he trusted those guys all like Cheeto could have played. We, me and you know firsthand that T could have played. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, and, and some of these other guys and Jesse, right? But Zach went out of his way and talked to the team and said, hey, look, we're going to, this is a short week and you guys are already limited. I need to see y'all go full before we play. I don't want to put your health in jeopardy. So we're not going to let you play on a short week, short turnaround. That's how major injuries happen. We're going to go win the game for you. And, and if you're feeling good this week, coming up, when you're full, then you can go. And a lot of players really, really respected that. And Because a, a lot of coaches wouldn't do that. A lot of coaches be like, if you're ready to play, then suit it up. And it, that took guts for Zach. Because say they lose that game. Now, you know, that's you're looking really, really different in the division. You're, you know, like now you're a little bit scramble mode. So for them to let those guys get a rest and still come out with a dub was really important. I, I say all that to say this upcoming week, I think most of those guys play. They yeah, like, like, I think so too. T, T went full today, right? I believe so. I believe so. Um, T, T went full. Base is still limited. Cheeto, mm-hmm. Cheeto is limited. Right. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see by probably Thursday or Friday. But yeah. the one thing that I want to hit on with Taylor is, and I saw one one of the handshakes. I didn't realize he shook every person's hand. But there's oh, a man. video going out on Twitter, uh, like right at the end of the game. Zach like literally daps up every single player, like players that like the one that I saw was Joe Mixon. So I remember seeing that. And um, when you watch the full video, you know, I feel like now I don't know if other head coaches do this, but as an NFL head coach, that just shows that the man doesn't have any ego. He's willing to really connect with his players and really congratulate them at the end of the game. I thought that that was dope. I, I mean, I thought I thought he called fire in that second half of that game yes. too. A lot, a lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of that was on Joe, right? And a lot of mm-hmm. things that I've been talking about being aggressive in the chains. Their second down um, play calling. I went back and looked, hit on every single one of them. All of them pass plays. All of them mm-hmm. aggressive. The second half of that football game, second, like a lot of those major plays, like even the um, the Jamar Chase. These are second down plays where they had been running, going conservative, and they just turned it up a notch. And 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 that's not all on Joe Audubon at the line. Like they actually called fire in the second half of that game. So that's another thing I wanted to. I had some numbers and I wrote it down too, but they were like, I want to say they were like eight for nine or nine for nine on second down conversions, like in the second half of that football game. Yeah, they started turning up in that second half. My man, uh, hey, somebody, somebody said. Go ahead. Oh, no, I would say Darius, real quick, Darius Phillips. I was really, really big on the Darius uh, Phillips train because I really, really – I know that he's an excellent punt returner, but I agree. I, somebody just brought that up. He has been a liability. Like, in the last game, he was a liability on his decision-making. The right. one that he should have caught um, and, and ran back, he caught a fair catch, has plenty of space. Other one that he did take – he shouldn't have took it. So right. the last two weeks have been super shaky for Darius Phillips. I nah, just I had this. No, nah, it's all good. Um, uh, my man is from New Jersey. He said, I'm worried about Jesse Bates and his contract situation. Do you see him being extended or will they franchise tag him? I, I think they talked about it today. You know, they have plenty of money to do it. We'll have to see how it plays out. 
Um, you know, we heard some things. I don't know if I'm at privilege to say of certain people that were in the building, but we'll just see how it plays out. I mean, that's all we can do is wait and see what they do. But I think that these two sides hopefully will resolve that conflict. Uh, my man Camo says the Bengals have decent success this year. Do you think the Bengals will be able to get some bigger free agents? I think they're already getting some some free agents. But, yeah, if Joey B turns up, who wouldn't want to play with Joey did, B? Did you see the quote DJ Reader said this past week? He said yes. when he was in free agency, he was like, who are you going to bet on, Joe Burrow or, or Drew Locke? <laughs> so, so thank you, Kenny of- Galladay, for not signing with us so we yes. had a Jamar Woo. Chase factor. So a lot of fans, and you know what's so crazy about winning? I think it's like starting to get people to be like, all right, I get it, I get it, I get it, right? But one mm-hmm. thing is I remember leading in free agency and stuff, I always get these DMs or I always get these messages of fans saying, that guy's not going to come here. That guy wouldn't come here. But I think people are starting to slowly see that just because this isn't the most spinning you know, franchise out there, it doesn't mean that it doesn't make it a desirable location. Like, guys want to go somewhere where they can look good and they can get paid. Some guys, some of the bigger free agents are always going to want more guaranteed money, but people that always keep on saying, like, nobody's going to want to come here. Like, you tripping, whatever. Like, nah, guys want to come here. If the money was right every single instance, a lot more guys. You might see a Stephon Gilmore or somebody like that come across the screen. Like, you might see some stuff like that. But it takes a little bit of time of that, you know, to happen. And one thing I know about Joe Burrow is that he's going to be on ownership to make sure that they do right by guys. And I think Bengals always historically have done a really good job of retaining their own guys. I think it gets highlighted some all seasons with the guys that we don't bring back. We'll, we'll re-sign like five or six unrestricted, restricted uh, free agents, and now it's like out of sight, out of mind, like, ah, we took care of him. Then they highlight the Geo Bernards and people like that that just didn't even make sense, like, financially with the team. And then what happens? You go draft Chris Evans. But I remember that was the thing. You know, like, why are you on sound? Like, we want to sound. We want to sound. That doesn't make you cheap because you make decisions that make sense for your franchise. There are instances where they are cheap, but that that isn't one of them. And I think out of all the franchises, I would like to see the number on it. But they do a really, really good job of usually retaining most of their guys. 2015 team was really all about their guys. It had nothing to do with free agency. Right. Nah, that's real. I'm with you on that one. I think they they definitely do a good job of retaining their guys and, you know, you have to also take into account like a lot of these other owners. And I was telling my dad this, a lot of these other owners, they came from other sources of income. Like with the Brown family, for the most part, their primary source of income is the Bengals. I'm not making excuses or anything for it for them. But when you look at the Jerry Joneses and all of these guys and Jeff Bezos potentially might buy a team with Jeff Bezos, that's not his main, his main source of money. Like, so a lot of those guys can probably pull from, bigger streams of income and, and, and stuff like that. So the Bengals try to do their own thing, similar to the Packers, similar to the Steelers, if we're being honest, um, in terms of the way that they go about things. Um, I had another super chat here from Christian Palmer. I would love to see him throw it out of bounds more as long as he doesn't turn into Dalton. I only remember seeing him do it once. Um, I mean, if it's a throwaway, like if it's That's necessary, kinda... cool. On fourth down, nah, you got to throw that pick. <laughs> you gotta and, know that pick at least. 
But you know what? That I, I think that's a very interesting point that he said that. But you know, like the sack that he took this past week, mm-hmm. that is a throw that Tom Brady throws throws away, and he lives for another down. But one thing about prime Joe Burrow is that there are going to be some moments, like we saw in the Steelers game, where he jukes out of stuff, twists out of stuff, and gets it. And in his mind, he thinks he can always do that. But there's got to be a fine medium between it. So I understand. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, I forgot Christian. who asked that question, Christian. But I, I do agree with you. Like some of those instances, it's always in hindsight, it's always easy to say, "Man, you should have threw it out of bounds." But Joe Burrow is really different, where he yeah, twists yeah. out a lot of that stuff sometimes, and you just never know. So it's easy for us to say that now. But think about all the plays, like even the one where he throws the T Higgins on the sideline last year, the one where he gets out of like eight defenders. Like, he could have easily been sacked on that play. He got out of all that crap and then threw a dart on the sideline. And nobody said, oh, you should have threw it away. They just <laughs> – we all just cheered, right? So, yeah. you got – you know, you got to understand, like, it. It's, if it's he was having, win. like, the Jameis Winston 30 for 30 hero ball on every single play, right. then it, I would say that. But this right. is Joe Burrow. It's a, yeah. it's a completely different guy. Right. Um, is there someone y'all are hoping to bring – that we bring in um, even for a visit slash interview? Uno. Oh yeah, Uno Joe, for sure. Uno, Joe, Joe Burrow. Yeah, facts. I'm with Gotta you beat him that. too. I feel like just some like just some background stuff. I feel like I know enough people. Y'all all seeing that we all you know we're we're around them, and it's not hard for me. But one thing that me and Ace try to do is make sure that some of our relationships and stuff are like organic right. and not so forced. Because there's so many people in this industry that will go through whatever just to get something. And then by the time you get it, it's not even real. One thing that I think we pride ourselves on is like, you know, real, you know, like real, real organic stuff. So stuff like that. Yeah. So in my mind, I don't know when that interview will come. The time has just got to be right. Right. Um, I know I'm going to be lit. I know Ace going to be, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But like, you know, those are the two that are, you know, you got it. I, is Ocho Cinco on your list like that too? Yeah, definitely. Chad, one, Chad one, day, on there. one day he had like liked a tweet or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was like really, really early in the morning. And I, I messaged I messaged on it. I said, everybody, y'all gotta at uh uh Ocho Cinco. I let him know that it's time. Cause I really felt I was like, this is a good moment because it was a part where fans weren't quite believing in Jamar Chase and stuff like that. And I wanted to interview Ocho Cinco so he could kind of reel everybody back in. I thought the timing on that would have been great, but I couldn't make it happen. We had like a, like 300 re like, you know, like, like everybody was like adding them, adding them. And I know he probably saw it, but he probably got so many people pulling them in every direction. That's one of the weird ones that I don't know if I'll ever get. Nah, we, we're not going to say that, bro. We're going to, I don't know. I don't know. We have to see. We we'll have to see Ocho if you is that is it is that what people we'll want though? Do you feel like people want to see? Oh the, yeah, Chad on here. They want to see the orange and the new black with, with Ocho. I feel like Ocho. me and him, we will just be talking that stuff, like you know, like like how he be talking, like you know how confident you ever seen him in an interview, and he talks to uh, and he be like, yeah, the Bengals gonna win the division and stuff like you know, like yeah. I really feel like I probably would get unlocked. You probably get the first episode of me on here cursing. Cause I don't know if I'll be able to like contain myself on that one. Nah, like if he start talking that Ocho talk for real, 
Then we get like a we get a list and we just start like like lining out the cornerbacks that we're going to torch and stuff like that. I I don't know how I would be able to stop myself. Nah, it would be crazy, bro. But um, once again, shout out to the folks at Midwest Best Barbecue. Shout out to Bad Boy. The memberships are still going live, so be sure to check them out as well. Um, I guess we will see you guys more than likely after the game week. So stay tuned for that. We'll have the post game show as well. Uh, make sure that you guys subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast on all audio platforms. If you're looking for us, we have us there. We have the OBI uh, Insider. We also have Coach Minnick. He's got the, I think it's, it's Coach Speak now. So it's not Chop Sock anymore, but it's still Mac Minnick. So definitely be sure to highlight us, Zim. There was something that you wanted to say before we get out of here. I don't, I wanted to say this. I just came back from Columbia. That's why I'm really tired. I'm sorry. I like yawn like one or two times. I'm still like jet lagging from coming from Cartagena. Like, why was I there? Right. <laughs> Crazy area. But my highlight was this I wore a Joe Burrow jersey to the uh, club one night. And believe it or not, two people yelled out who they to me. So I wanted to share That's that. That's crazy. That's fire. <laughs> yeah. That's fire. I, so I thought that was dope. I, and I was so twisted. Oh, I didn't want to be like, hey, bro, like, come look at my page. Normally, I'd be like, hey, look, you like the Bengals? You want But I was so twisted. I just was like, who they? And then later on, I was like, no, that's crazy. That is crazy. But of course, we got to end this with a yes. Sersky. Hello, world. What separated your deep ball from everybody else? My deep ball, it has a little secret sauce to it, man. <laughs> uh, never get too high, never get too low, but just keep moving. The, the whole story is Carlos never beat me in any kind of sports in, in, in high school. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.